The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome, 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 welcome. So tonight is the uh, fourth of four talks on the Four Noble Truths. And um, the first noble truth is the noble truth of um, I of dukkha. That's the Pali word, most frequently translated as suffering, but alternately suf- um, uh, translated by Gill as pain, which I like, and by um, Lee Brasington as bummer. So, and it's to represent just this huge spectrum of discomfort, dis-ease, pain, to severe distress, right? Just this huge range. And um, this Sunday I gave a talk on noble dukkha. And so I'll just say, you know, what my point was in that talk, if I could summarize it quickly, it would be that um, the Dukkha itself can be quite noble if we turn toward it, recognize it for what it is, receive the message, and um, and then we behave nobly. It leads us away from suffering toward freedom. It can be a gateway to joy, to well-being, actually. The pain, the dukkha, is actually a result. It's, it's a symptom and the cause is the second noble truth, which is traditionally translated as grasping or clinging. It's also um, described as ad- addictive or compulsive. And um, in es- essence, it's disagreement with the way things are. So the two words that I used this weekend when I talked were resistance and compulsion, that we're resisting the way things are or we com- have compulsion to chase or create or maintain or control somehow. So it's a, 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 a not liking or a wanting energy. And um, it's that energy. So if you just think about um, how you feel when somebody sits down next to you that you don't like, there's a resistance, right? There's a feeling of that's this, you know, that could be a subtle or more severe if it's somebody that you feel threatened by or something. That's a form of resistance, of not liking, not wanting, that creates tension in the body. Then the third noble truth we talked about last week, which is the end of suffering, the end of pain the end of reactivity, this kind of not liking and, and wanting things to be different. And um, so to me, that's a profound state. Maybe you have all experienced this to some extent or another, where you found that whatever was going on, you were able to stay balanced and receive and not fight not feel like you were in conflict with the truth of what was happening. 
So that's an experience in daily life to the experience of complete freedom from the conditioned mind, Nibbana. And then tonight we talk about um, the fourth noble truth, which is said to be the way that leads to this third truth. So the third truth is a symptom of the fourth truth, the result, right? The outcome of full practice of the Eightfold Path is freedom. And um, so there's these eight path factors that we study and practice and try and live our life in accord with. And I'll mention them tonight, but, but more than talking about them in detail, what I really want to kind of address is the idea of a path and that we can all walk this path. That it's a noble path, but we are all noble if we're walking the path. And the path is created by our walking it. And I'm really interested in helping talk and think about what inspires you to walk this path. What supports you? What inspires you? What blocks you? So... This is the journey we will attempt to go on today. We'll see how it unfolds because we'll have it make it unfold together. So with that, let's move into a meditation. And I'm going to do a little bit of a, um, a visualization meditation to get us started. If you wish, if you wish, you can engage with that. If not, It's fine to practice in whatever way supports your practice. So, feeling the body here. The practice only happens in one place. And that's in the moment, in this moment. So as much as possible, using all the senses in the body to help yourself find and feel your way into this moment. And there is momentum in our energy from our day that maybe we might feel that momentum still pushing on us or arising here. And so what I invite you to do is notice it, name it, And and then just say, oh yeah, for before. And right now, what's here now? Right here. You may also feel a feeling of something pulling you toward the future. What you're doing next or what not. And in the same way, you can just sort of simply see it and bow to it and... Okay, later, and for right now, I'm attending to here, to now. Maybe feeling your breath. And 
And so I'm going to give you a minute or two of silence to just come into connection with this flowing life inside of you here. And then I'll come back in and offer some imagery. So if you wish, you could imagine you're walking on a path, entering a beautiful forest, And you can use your breath like you might steps. Feeling each breath land on the path. Being present, feeling your feet. And some distance in on this path, you come to a stream. That you need to walk through. And feeling that awareness, that presence in your whole being as you lift your foot and place your foot in a stream bed with rocks and sand that you can't necessarily see. So much awareness in the placing, sensing, landing, making sure there's stability, Continuing across the stream, finding that footing, making your way. Onto the path on the other side and feeling that presence, that deep bodyful awareness. Climbing the mountainside. Embodied. Your whole body. The mind acutely aware. Feeling the senses alive and awake. The mind tuned in to each breath here like you would your steps on this path. Each breath can be like this stepping Sensing it, feeling it, one by one, as if each breath matters, 
I'm going to read you something as you stay in your practice. The ancient Buddhist metaphor of a path draws on the idea of a cleared passageway that allows one to move through an otherwise impassable forest. Just as a person brings their entire body along when walking on a forest path, a spiritual practitioner enters the Buddhist path by engaging all aspects of who they are. Yet, while there is a physical path that exists, whether we walk it or not, the Buddha's path exists only in our engagement with it. The Buddha's path exists only in our engagement with it. We create the path with the activities of our minds, hearts, and bodies. That quote was from Gil Fransdahl. And um, so talking about this path, the Noble Eightfold Path, it really does only exist in our engagement with it. There's three things, three sections of the path. Um, One has to do with Wisdom, how we understand things. The second has to do with action, wise action, ethical action in our lives, how we engage with people in the world and work. And the third section has to do with really taming the mind, helping the mind grow in its capacity for mindfulness and concentration which may be uh, another word for concentration, could be unification, coming into alignment with the wholeness, right? So understanding, action in the world, and training the mind, working with the mind. All of these things together, when we're practicing them, create the experience of what makes us noble. The, um, let me just, is it okay if I'm vague about the Eightfold Path Factors? Does anybody feel like they want me to go into more detail? Or are you okay if I leave it a little bit, flu- I'll say a little bit more, 
but not go into a lot of detail. Does that feel okay? Great. We can cover them another time if we want, or you can do the Eightfold Path program. But So this first, the wisdom section, has to do with our view, how we see things, how we understand things. And one of the biggest things is understanding three things through the Four Noble Truths. Using the understanding of the Four Noble Truths to help guide us in our lives. And it has to do with intention. That's another part. The second section, ethics, is broken into our speech, how we have wise speech, our, the actions that we engage in. So simply put, not harming, not killing, right? Not um, causing harm through sexual misconduct, um, not taking what's not offered, and not stealing. And then our livelihood, engaging in livelihood, hopefully that is supportive and supports life and well-being, ideally. Then the last section has to do with wise effort, wise mindfulness and wise concentration. So when we teach this Eightfold Path here, we start with wise view. But it's a kind of a fluid, circular Path, we deepen our understanding and we're simultaneously working on many things at once often. So you can see it's a, um, a practice, right? There's a full, whole life practice here. So what I, I wanted to kind of ask you is what what brought you to this practice? What brought you here tonight? What what get what what inspires you to sit on a cushion or a chair and meditate? Anybody willing to share? We've got two mics on the floor. Great. Nicole, will you get a mic and turn it on with that little button and then talk into it like an ice cream cone? Um, To answer your question Mm -hmm. is that I, the reason that I'm here or I'm always here is that um, I'm trying to change who I am. Mm. The way, the ordinary way of doing things and um, my perspective about life, Mm -hmm. how it was, how it is in this area, which is very stressful, can get really stressful. (laughs) (laughs) On top of family and all the responsibilities we carry. So my main thing is that to somehow by practicing meditation and uh, listening to all the lessons, Mm -hmm. um, the Four Nobel Truth and Eightfold Path, I could somehow divorce myself (laughs) from whatever, I mean, whoever I am. Because I I go through a lot of uh, issues that 
don't make sense anymore. And I have to practice to be present with a lot of blessings that I also have. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. Anybody here relate to what Nicole said? Are you practicing to change? Oh, I see a few hands. Um, To change conditioning, to change how you're showing up for life, and to experience the goodness in your life too, even though there's difficulty. Those are. Did I miss anything in that very brief little summary, Nicole? No. Okay. Made it complete. Okay. Are there, are there other reasons for people? Tracy, right behind you, Nicole. <clears throat> I like the uh, community feeling. Mm-hmm. I can meditate at home. It's not the same energy as meditating amongst mm-hmm. the rest of these calm, quiet people. <laughs> That's that's why I like to beautiful the the spiritual community the sangha, right? The sangha. Anyone else? Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, uh, a couple of words that stand out to me would be uh, seeking Mm -hmm. and stepping back. Mm. Not really reasoned, but mm-hmm. or maybe for their own sake, but that's Beautiful. what stands out to me. Is there anything else you don't need to, but is there anything else you want to say about either of those words? Not at the moment. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Jilber. Anyone else want to add anything? Great. Um, I've just found over the years that it leads to a more both easeful life and one that somehow seems more, I don't know, alive, Mm -hmm. colorful. Mm -hmm. So the benefits of your practice um, keep you practicing. Great. Nobody really said this, but it was a little bit implied with what Nicole said, but did anybody start practicing because you were suffering? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. There'll be more room for you to say more, but I, I, I'll, there's, um, maybe for me it was suffering that got me to really start practicing for real. I remember there's something called a way-seeking talk that we're invited to give when we start to give talks. And it's a where you talk about what your way to the path. And when I gave that talk, I, I identified being in kindergarten. I was going to a Catholic school, and I was so curious about the life the nuns had. There was something so, you know, just that seemed quite amazing to me about marrying God, because that's kind of how it was talked about in my church. 
this idea that you would devote yourself to this life of spiritual practice. And I remember walking by the nunnery, and they always had the curtains closed, but trying to see inside, you know, just wanting to get this look at, you know, inside this place. And for me, Jilber, that's something in me was starting to seek this other way. You know, Nicole, you were mentioning just that there's something in you feels like there's another way to live this life. And so we have messengers in our lives or we have experience in our lives that, that wake that up. A book we read, a person we meet, a movie we watch, you know. So what is it that started to wake this up in you, that there was maybe another way? that lifted up that interest in you, that would become so significant that you would come out on a cold night to IMC or be listening on Audio Dharma or you know, doing all the things that you've all done to create a practice, to understand the Dharma. And I, I was what I would call a nightstand Buddhist for a long time, meaning, you know, I loved the concepts. I just, I dreamed. I even had a, in college, you know, I remember I was walking down a path at night. It was a kind of a dark night. And I just had this, like, flash that I was a monk in a past life, you know, whatever this is, you know, just this idea. And just... um you know, I went to the Zen group that met, and I went to the um, Ram Das came and talked on my campus, and went to hear Ram Das and listened to Shakti Gawain, who did guided, you know, meditations from the New Age era, and you know, just always sort of seeking and looking, but never really committing to a, a practice not a regular practice. And um, the, the, the want in me was so strong that I actually really wanted to go to um, Naropa Institute, which is um, in Boulder, Colorado, and it's a Buddhist um, university, and they had a master's degree in counseling program. And, but at the time... Naropa Institute didn't have credentialing. So if I got my master's there, I wouldn't have been able to get licensed as a professional. And that would not have led to much (laughs) in the way of a career for me. And I was still going to do it, but I had a friend who was a psychologist and a licensed psychologist who came to visit me. We went for this hike, and he just beat (laughs) into my head that that would be absolutely stupid. So... Um, putting putting it all in perspective for me, maybe in ways that I wasn't aware of at the time. But, you know, I, I walked away from that feeling a lot of longing and, and, you know, like I was missing out on something. And, you know, like, oh, you know, actually Jack Hornfield and Joseph Goldstein were in Boulder, Colorado at that time <laughs> giving retreats. And, wow, I could have met them then and all this stuff. But... You know, it wasn't until I got divorced 
wasn't until my 18-year marriage ended abruptly and betrayal and difficulty that I decided I was going to sit on this cushion. (laughs) And I just kind of dove right in. And I haven't left the cushion since. But, you know, I can, I really trace back that longing. And I see how it waned and grew at various times in my life. And, but it was calling. You know, there's some other way. There's some other way of being in this life. Some other way to show up. Some way to feel more whole. And, you know, and and the more we practice, it's really helpful to add all these other factors in how we show up and not just have it be, I mean, it's great, you know. I mean, it's great. A lot of people come to the practice now through apps, guided meditations. And we're so lucky we have a sangha. We have a guiding teacher, Gil, who just is a remarkably practiced man, you know, and really translator of the Pali and, you know, scholar and great heart, <laughs> all these things. We're so lucky we have that right here. So we have, he's created this amazing Sangha that's based on generosity. He delivers the Dharma beautifully and models the practice beautifully. And then there's all these programs here that help us bring the practice into a whole life, whole body, whole self thing so that we can start to embody the Eightfold Path and we can let it embody us and let the Dharma move through us. So I was inspired, but let's see how you feel about this idea, to do small groups and have each person, each of you, do your own mini way-seeking talk to share, you know, if we move, if this feels right, if you feel clear enough, and we can have a timer, I can ring a bell when people should shift. But how would you, how do you feel about being invited to talk for three or four minutes about your wayfinding. Is that okay? Does that feel... So if look, I'm seeing mostly nods. I'm not seeing any no's. But if there are no's, um, just hold back and then we'll find a group for you after we... That, where you can join and listen if you don't want to share if anybody feels like they don't want to share. Okay? So you can, or you can miss out if you don't want to hear people's way-seeking talks. So why don't we form groups of, um, we have plenty of time, so why don't we do groups, it might be nice to have four to five in a group, so you get to hear a few more stories. 
Yeah, we have almost five groups, so there should be th- three. Well, if we do four to five, it's three groups, right? Three, four groups. So if it, yeah. So let's see what happens. Find your peeps. Make a group. And we'll go to the next step. So I, what I would like to do is just um, pass the mic around in the circle, and um, I would love to hear how you've been changed, how you've been touched, what you learned about yourself or about, you know, um, what was challenged, any kind of feeling that you were alone, no longer feeling that, you know, just what, what, what was the benefit for you of this? experience so would either you or you start you guys got a microphone would either one of you be willing and then we'll just pass it around the circle thank you um so you know i I was already familiar with the idea of a a way seeking talk and had often thought about you know if i were to give one what would it would i cover and and so when you talked about it doing something like that tonight. I got kind of nervous, like, because I want to do this right. And what I realized was that it wasn't about doing it right. It was just about kind of being honest and, um, you know, and, and, and um, reflective. Uh, for me, it was just uh, listening to others and seeing their, uh, hearing about their paths and how similar it is. Sometimes there are gaps, but you keep coming back to meditation for feeling centered. So that was very good. Thank you. Um, I was going to say no when you asked if anyone has trouble sharing. <laughs> I was going to be that one. But thank you. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't sit back. Um, I was, um, I think there's something profound in just listening and not thinking ahead of your answers. And thank you for just letting me ramble on. Um, it, did, it did open, it took me away from my own preoccupation and kind of, took me back to how I started meditation, which is longer then. So it was very nice. Thank you. So I, I realized that although we all came here on different paths, we're here uh, to the reason that we're all here is very similar to uh, remain present, which helps to deal with life's stresses. And I think that's kind of was a common theme amongst all of us, was just learning how to stay present so that we can deal with the unpleasantries that may come up along with the pleasantries, but just to remain centered.
I always enjoy being with people, being in the group, because um, it brings me to more awareness, and I be more aware of what's going on um, in my mind and in my body, and I share it with other people, and that I I feel it. It's not that I'm, I'm separate. So in general, the practice of meditation uh, has made me aware of my conscious mind. Uh, I know that well, there is knowledge that most of my mind can be taken over by my subconscious, my memories, my triggers. So um, again, it confirmed by sharing with all of each other that we like to be present. Mm -hmm. We like to, to meditate, to get to the point of awareness and balance this mind and body, this coherence that affects, impacts our lives. Um, I really appreciate... Oops. <laughs> Eat the mic. <laughs> yeah, that's, Sorry. That's how it works. Um, so I just really appreciated hearing everyone's stories and, and telling my own... Um, and, you know, that's unique. I guess I, you know, thinking about the noble truths at the beginning of the year, um, you know, I think maybe my greatest suffering early on was always growing up feeling like something was wrong with me because I was suffering. And um, anyway, it's just, it's nice, nice to share that. It seems like that's kind of in one way or another what, brought us all here so this was my first time here so in a way i'm still exploring my path and um so it i appreciated um uh, that i was part of other people's experiences and how uh this practice of meditation has helped them so thank you for One thing I really liked was your asking us to pause at the end and and breathe and reconnect. And I realized just how that that isn't what usually happens, that I'll either get wound up in my own story or in what other people are saying, and then you'd say, you know, take a breath and relax. It's like, whoa, look at that. Look who's got her shoulders around her ears. You know, it, and, and it's not like anything anyone was saying was difficult to hear it's just what I do I guess so that was that was really lovely thank you so I think this was um this was very interesting in the sense that it it brought back the big reason I've sort of been coming here for the past 10 years you know when I think the important piece is realizing that I'm not alone in the world you know with all my problems um Everybody who comes here 
comes to seek refuge from some kind of problem or some something that's that's you know impacting their life um and when you sit down in a group and you actually listen to why others have come here or their path here you realize that there's a lot of similarity you know and so it's like that aha moment saying i'm not the only one you know who's who's uh, who's suffering you know there are others who are also suffering in their own ways so that reminder was really beautiful you were going to say what i was going to say <laughs> so yeah so just being able to talk about it is just connecting to the humanity that um you know we all have that i have i guess suffering or issues that other people also have um it's, i'm not that dissimilar to to others um and also, I guess I also want to say appreciate also the opportunity to discuss in small groups, especially Thursday nights, um, and also the Equal Path program. And that helps deepen the practice for me. It's not just about being a Buddhist, uh, was it um, nightstand Buddhist, uh, not just learning about the content, but actually, actually really embodying it. Um, hi. So for me, um the, I see a common theme of adversity and how that can be an opportunity to turn inward and to like an opportunity to explore um, like spirituality and meditation and how people arrived at the same solution through different kinds of adver- adversities and how, yeah, like, you know, I was not alone in uh, the suffering that I'm going through, but, you know, people are all like suffering in like different ways. Um, this um, practice was really interesting to me because I always thought people came to um, depression uh, <laughs> to meditation for the same reason that brought me to um, meditation, which was like suffering from depression. But in my group, nobody mentioned that they came here for different reasons. But um, what was exciting that everybody. Um, um, seek the same thing in the meditation and we got that which is um suffer less and uh seeking refuge uh yeah it it was good to um yeah to talk to people about their paths and just to see like how how similar uh people's stories are and, um, yeah, how, like, the root of uh, what we want is, like, very similar, to be happy, to be rid of um, some suffering. And I think from my own uh, speaking, I felt um, I felt how, how things have changed for me over the years and how uh, things have, I, I guess, deepened in some way. Um, I just really enjoyed being present with my group um, and just listening to the stories and just listening in to seeing like the commonalities and differences that kind of led us down this path. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I also enjoy listening to other stories and also learning more about myself and that I'm not alone in my own suffering. 
I feel like my faith in the path has been replenished a little bit. There's something really sweet about looking back at the way I understood it in my early 20s and like how many misperceptions I had about it and just how I've changed and transformed and and there's like a little bit of delight and excitement because I know there are things that I'm misunderstanding now and that I get to keep discovering what they are and and I'm so grateful for a practice where we get to talk to one another because I have been in a lot of sanghas without interacting with a lot of humans. Yeah, there's, a, uh, I guess, a couple phrases that stood out to me from tonight. Uh, one was, uh, that was shared with us, was this idea of, like, uh, remembering who I am. Like, uh, the meditation practice is a way of doing that. Um, so, you know, like, going through life, you get a lot of different identities or, you know, anxieties that, that come about. And so this is a way to, or at least I see it as a way to get back to remembering who I am or who you were. So that, that stood out. Uh, and I also like the uh, uh, nightstand Buddhist. Uh, theory is good, but uh, I think it's we should be forcing ourselves to, uh, to keep engaging with, with, with the practice in the actual world. <laughs> so that stood out. Um, I appreciated the invitation to like look back on how I even ended up in this room, right? Um, yeah, and I appreciated it because certain things stood out to me and I got to feel grateful for those people who helped me along the way, um, and spend some time reflecting on sort of on on how I got here. So thank you for for this exercise. Thank you. Thank you all. It was delightful just to observe. So it's it it's good to know our way. It's good to know when we're practicing, what that feels like. You know? May we all learn more and more about finding our way. May all beings everywhere find their way to freedom, happiness, ease, and well-being. Thank you. Have a beautiful night.